Our second reading today is from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 1 through 13. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you that have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourself in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations you do not know shall run to you because the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts and let them return to the Lord for that he may have mercy on them and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there until they have watered the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I propose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall burst into song, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up from the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall be to the Lord for memorial, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. This ends the reading of God's holy word. May God add many blessings to the hearing of it. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we've come into your house and gathered before you. Enable us to hear your call in our lives. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts here together be found faithful and accepting in your sight. Our Lord, our Rock, our Redeemer. Amen. Most of you know that last April I had weight loss surgery. I didn't hide it from the congregation. I had something I was very public about. I didn't go public until the last minute, um, just because I wanted to avoid a bunch of questions building up to it. But most of you knew about it. What you didn't know was the journey that it took to get there to get approved by insurance, to, to have the, the surgeon approve you, there is a long path that you have to take. I actually started on that journey last October. The beginning of October, I had to go to a, a basically a big meeting where anyone who was interested came. 
And then they would call you uh, and schedule a time for you to meet with a surgeon to go over the requirements. And I had no idea what that would entitle. I had to see a nutritionist every month for six months. I had to have a blood work done that was about four pages long. I've never seen that many vials taken from my body. I had to have a sleep study where they checked me for sleep apnea and all sorts of stuff. I had to meet with a cardiologist. I had to take a stress test. Uh, I had to, to um, do a psychological exam. It's test after test. It, they, when you meet with them the first time, they give you a folder that's this thick with the hoops and the steps you have to jump through. And so I started dutifully going towards them, looking towards the date. that Because once you're finally approved, then they'll schedule your surgery about a month out. And so I walked on this journey. And by the time it came time for the surgery to be here, it didn't seem real. It didn't seem like it was actually going to happen. I'd been working towards it so long and going to different doctor's appointments and tests and jumping through hoops and meeting with nutritionists that didn't seem like it was possibly time for this surgery. And I think we've all felt that way at times. I think we've been all been on journeys that take so long that it seems like we're never going to get there. And when we finally get there, it doesn't seem real. It could be waiting to graduate high school. It could be waiting to graduate college or get an advanced degree. It could be waiting for a promotion, waiting to get married, waiting to have children, waiting for retirement. But there's some journey that we're on that just seems like it will never come. And when it finally does, it it doesn't seem real. And that's the situation in which the Israelites are in in today's reading. The book of Isaiah is broken up into three sections. It's actually thought to be written by three different people, either one being the original Isaiah or three prophets named Isaiah. Um, It could be possibly the prophet Isaiah and two students of his who wrote in his style. But the first uh, section is chapters 1 through 39, and it deals with the Israelite people before they were exiled, before they were taken into captivity. Chapters 40 through 55 deal with the time that the Israelites were in captive in Babylon, the time they were exiled from Jerusalem. And then the remainder of the book deals with when they've returned home, when they're back in Jerusalem. Today's reading comes from chapter 55, and it's the very last part of 2nd Isaiah. It's Isaiah's speech, his prophecy to the Israelite people before they are to return home. News has come down that the Persian Empire has attacked the Babylonian Empire. It's evident that Babylon will fall any day. And it's become known that when that happens, the Israelites will be able to return to their homeland. And so God speaks through Isaiah to the Israelite people. He speaks to prepare them for this journey. They've been in captivity for 70 years. Most of the people there probably don't remember Jerusalem. It's a foreign place for them. They've always heard the promise of home. They've always heard the promise that they will be returned. But it doesn't seem real to them. So Isaiah speaks to them. And he prepares them for it. And he makes a promise to them. But more than that, he tells them that when you return home, 
God has a task for you. God has a purpose for you. If we started the passage a little bit earlier in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah would have told us that it's that Jerusalem is to be a light in the world. Here we see Jerusalem or Isaiah telling the people that countries that they have not even heard of will come flocking to them because God has glorified them. Imagine how this news must have sounded to them. Here they are, exiles, refugees, downtrodden. They're living in the slums of Tel Aviv, barely getting by. And here a prophet tells them that they are to be the light of the world. That other countries that they haven't even heard of will flock to them because God had glorified them. And they're just trying to exist. That must have sounded crazy to them. They probably couldn't even imagine this. Isaiah has finally lost it, they must have thought. Isaiah says, but God says, God's ways are not your ways. God's actions are not your actions. God's ways are far higher than our ways. God works on a level that we cannot even understand. Have faith. God is with us. Even during these dark times, God continues to be with us just as God was with David and our ancestors. And God glorified them and God will glorify us and God will lift us up. And that's the promise that Isaiah made to them. He told them what it would be like. Imagine you have no water, but come and drink. Imagine you have no money for bread, for wine, for milk. Come and eat. This everlasting banquet is for you. But he prepared them as well. He said, the evil must forsake their ways. The wicked must turn aside and turn back to God. Seek God now. I've really enjoyed the narrative lectionary in the year and a half that we've been doing it. But this year I found problems with it. I looked to the Advent texts and they seemed more like they were fitting for Lent. And I really struggled with that. I was like, these aren't Advent texts. What do I do with these? But as I've delved into them deeper, I've realized that they are Advent texts. That this reading from Isaiah fits perfectly into Advent. Because Isaiah is giving a gospel message, is giving an Advent message to the people and to us these days. Isaiah is telling us that God is present with us, but also that salvation is coming. That this journey may seem long, but God is with us on this journey. That God lifts us up, that God glorifies us. But God also tells us to prepare, to turn from our sinful, selfish ways. Our first reading is from John the Baptist. John who was sent to prepare the way for Christ. And he did it by preaching the repentance of sins and the turning back from God. That's what Isaiah tells the Jerusalem, the people in captivity to do before they return to Jerusalem. 
to turn from their wicked ways, to seek God while God is near. But Isaiah also makes a promise that God is present with us and that God is coming again. That salvation is coming. If that's not Advent message, I don't know what is because Advent is the time we celebrate being a people in between. We're in between the time when Christ was born, but not yet where Christ will come again. God is with us, but God has not yet come again. And Isaiah reminds us that God has a purpose for us. That we are to be a light in this world. That God is to be glorified through us. And sometimes that's hard to imagine. I'm only one person. We're only a small congregation. We're only this. We're only that. I'm only this. There are limitations. But God's ways are not our ways. God's ways are higher than our ways. God works on a level that we can't understand. And that's the message this morning that that our feeble human minds can't imagine the new life that is coming. But God can. That we worship a God greater than any of us. A God who created the heavens and the earth, who created everything we see and don't see. A God who entered into relationship with us, who sent prophets to us, who sent God's only Son to redeem us. And we worship a God that we know will come again. Will come bearing new life. And that is an Advent message. That is a gospel message. That is the good news of Scripture. That God loves us so much that God is present with us and that God will come again in Jesus Christ. This was Isaiah's message to the people in captivity. And it's Isaiah's message to us today. That no matter how dark things are, God is present with us. That no matter how small we think we are, God has a purpose for us. That we are to glorify God and to be a light in this world. Amen.